Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. Sunderland AFC lose away to Lincoln in the first leg of the playoff semi-final to delve in to all of that misery. I'm Roy Fallow and I'm joined as always by Matthew Keelan. How are we, Rory? Not not good, Matthew. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed going to the pub with you to watch the game. That was nice. First time we've been able to do that for a while. Um, so nice to, you know, not be sat on my own in the misery and getting to have a bit of gallows humour about it, especially with the comical nature of uh, Lincoln's second goal. So I don't know, that was that was probably the only positive though, wasn't it, Matthew? It was it was it was it was a nice uh, we had a nice time, didn't we, apart from the match. Which is the purpose of the visit to the pub. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's more the excuse at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, like, I mean, we didn't leave on the final whistle, did we? So, yeah. Like, yeah, we should have left, like, during the game. Got oh, to another no, pub no, instead. No, no. <laughs> no matter what the score, I still stay at the end. I'm still at the end, like, singing <laughs> that. I was singing that last night in the pub, but I'm still oh, Yeah, you were, mate. I can, can confirm. No sat one can say otherwise. Yeah, not sat, sat down. Not shouting. Had your mask on and everything as well. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also joined as well this evening by Wiseman Say regular Craig Clark. Human me, like absolutely human. <laughs> Evening, Craig. <laughs> still raging, still raging about it. I don't know why. I wasn't like optimistic about it, but like you start watching it and you think, you know, it's the playoffs, isn't it? And then you're like, nah, we're still shit. <laughs> does that make you a bit more? Does that make you a bit more human though? Because that was actually going to be like my, my first question. Like, how are we still? How are we feeling now? It's nearly 24 hours on. Um, obviously, we've been chatting in the, in the group chat um, today, and we were all fuming this morning, but. I'm guessing it's not subsided for anyone at all, has it? And the fact that we, you know, we didn't expect anything of like oddly makes you more frustrated about it, doesn't it? Because it's like my expectations were so low, and it's still really shit. It's still even worse than my expectations. Like, is anyone is anyone feeling rational about it at all yet, or are we all just still fuming and gonna go in on them on this pod? Well, I just like hate them because like <laughs> it's just pathetic. Like, I had no hopes for last night. I had already tweeted that the game would be done and dusted after the first leg. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like, I, and the fact that you've just said, Roy, that they haven't hit even them expectations is like, whoa, really impressed by them, to be honest, for that, for, for a kickoff. Fair play, yeah. But like, I'm, I was annoyed, but why, like, anyone who is surprised, why were you surprised? Because we're shit. I think some people had managed to convince themselves that we weren't going to be the Sunderland that finished the season. And I think in some of the podcasts in the build-up of the playoffs, when we knew we were just going to be in the playoffs, we were saying, look, initially, we need to get some form back for the playoffs. As that didn't happen, we said, right, they've got to kind of look at it as this isolated tournament. We've shown previously that under this manager, we can put a run of results together and we only need three of them. And I think the manager was talking about treating it like that as well. So Mm. you could have bought into that. Personally, I didn't because I said months ago when me and Rory both thought we'd go unbeaten and go up automatically. But if we didn't go, uh, but we did. did, Well, I did say to be fair, if we didn't go unbeaten, we wouldn't go up because this would have happened. I didn't think it would be this bad. (laughs) I mean, but that was just an extension of what we've seen for the past two months. I mean, I looked, and the last time we beat a team at home by two goals was March at home. With that's when the opposition didn't go down to ten men. Sure. That's okay. a long time ago. Well, that as well. Like we need to do that in order to take an extra. That's time. exactly right. That's yeah. what I mean. So I looked it up, and I was thinking, right. Well, when was the last time we looked like good enough to do what we need to do on Saturday? And it was against a crap team, Rochdale. I think. Or was that? Yeah, it was Rochdale in March. We beat them 2-0 at home. And as I think Chris said in the group chat, they actually uh, outplayed us for large parts of that game. And then in a away game, we beat Atkinson 2-0. Other than that, we've beaten Oxford 3-1 and Plymouth 3-1. And both of those games, they went down to 10 men. Mm. I thought it was remarkable how bad. I mean, we have been bad, but we were just unbelievably shit. They didn't turn up. Well, this is it. Like you mentioned, the the restart thing, like both of you, and 
we we just didn't see it at all, did we? So why why should we be so surprised that the same team has turned up with a manager yet again overcomplicating things and yeah. various players going missing or having poor games? And, and because it was just all so poor, it's hard to know where to lay the blame. Like squarely, isn't it? Because it's just all around so bad. Like players who we know aren't brilliant, but. Are better than this, are really underperforming. Like, and I know he's a player who gets mentioned a lot this season because his form's been up and down, but Max Power's probably your prime example. Yeah. In these games, he usually, maybe if he doesn't have like, he might not have a brilliant game, but he'll still be visible, won't he? He'll still be putting the titles in, he'll still be showing, and he was just invisible last night and possibly his worst ever game for Sunderland. And it says something when Josh Scoen outperforms you in the midfield because... Again, not brilliant, but he was doing that thing of trying to chase the ball down at least, putting his foot in, like actually, and it's very it's very much a low bar, but like actually trying and looking like mm. he, he wanted to get something from the game. And I'm not saying the players are just chucking it in and, and a player like Power's obviously not going to do that. But when you've got players performing that badly and we'll get onto the manager in a little bit because mistakes he made, does it, give you an element of sympathy with Johnson at all because there are there are players out there who aren't who, who are underperforming who, who aren't playing to a standard that they've previously shown in either recent seasons like Max Power or in that run of good form that we had in sort of February March time um mate no not really because I, I, I just for, for me like I don't for a kickoff I know we we're going to get another manager I don't know why Ledbetter is not playing that game last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I think we should. We all agree with that. Right? Why didn't yeah. he start yeah. the game? Like, I just, I find it really difficult to be honest to have any sympathy for the manager. I know the players are, the the players were, were dreadful, um, and they have been for some weeks now. And but I just can't. I just, <laughs> I just don't really like <laughs> him, and I find it really difficult to to like. Mate, I, I do. I know what you mean, and like the players obviously need to shoulder a lot of the blame because they've they were the ones actually doing it and not turning up. But it's just him again thinking he's cleverer than he is for me with some of his teams, some of his decisions, like leaving just doing this personal thing that he seems to have with Chris Maguire, mm. just being like stubborn about it. And this like there's something as well I, I heard mentioned a few times in the lead up to the game in the playoffs of like Johnson being manage it to get us up for a one-off or a final or a playoff campaign and whatever and people going well he got us up for the final in the pizza trophy I go, do we really do we so is it now then really that maybe that he didn't get us up for that game and we were just playing Tranmere Rovers <laughs> well we well, played Lincoln in the semi-final to be fair <laughs> no, <well. laughs> we, weren't there, we weren't this bad Lincoln, oh, yeah. Lincoln didn't have the same team out in that game that they did last night either I think they changed it around a bit. Can we also stop this idea that that Peter Cup final has any bearing whatsoever on anything? One, like you say, it was Tranmere, Matthew. Two, that tournament. Now, if we've gone up, great. It's just like a funny addition to the season. But now that we haven't, it's like, oh, great. Well, I know we could still in CV make the final and go up. But obviously the season looks shot a bit. When that that cup final win to me is just a complete embarrassment in many respects. No, it just, right. yeah. I, the, I think Flanagan got injured. I've mentioned this before in that final. So him being rushed back for that, and now he's been brought back in again and being a complete disaster. He's played well for the first 45, but he's arguably to blame for both goals. He's certainly partially to blame for both goals because he's not fit and he's not played for two months. And the reason he's not played for two months so we can win some trophy that the club should never have been competing for in a competition we once played Newcastle's under-21 side in. Like, hey, we'll get a defender next season. Yeah, oh, well, there's a, there's a treat, isn't there's there? There's the priority. Right <laughs> it's there. just like the whole season has just been flushed down the toilet in the last two months. It's, it's, it's hard to bear, like, it really is, because you mentioned Josh Scone as well there, uh, Rory. I'm not as hard on him as some people, but I do understand the frustrations with him because he can't pass the ball very well yeah. and he's a midfielder. But last night, he's running out to the left wing quite a lot and he was on the left wing far too often, I thought. Then to the point where you're thinking, is this a tactic? 
because McGeady mm. was coming really, really narrow. And Scowan's running with the ball, <clears throat> looking over his shoulder because there's no one moving in front of him. Yeah, you felt and from it, in yeah. instances like that, didn't oh, you? It was horrible to watch, wasn't it? Because you're like, looking and thinking, you've had a week and a half to come up with this game plan. Yeah. What is it? I mean, we can't really ignore going in on the manager anymore, can we? Because oh, you, we, we brought us on the, <laughs> on the team selection there, and it's sort of the elephant in the room. And you mentioned how narrow we were, Craig. It was a return to the sort of four triple two, wasn't it? I don't really know where Lyndon Gooch was supposed to be playing because it didn't seem like he was playing as a ten. Where actually, I, I I don't like him in that position. I prefer him out wide, but against Plymouth quite recently. And, you know, people say, well, it's only Plymouth, but, you know, it's still a side with a, a great flank. I know, I know. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have him in the middle. Um, <laughs> but that's, you know, a side who had a decent sort of home record and we struggled to beat at home. So he had a, he had a good game in, in that game in the, in the number 10. But then we playing him, it, he seemed to be a little bit deeper. He didn't, I, I just don't know what his role was when he's, a player who does perform better out wide and it goes back to this overcomplicating things, doesn't it? I don't think it helps the likes of McGeady, the likes of Jones. And Johnson said multiple times that he wants to play a 4-3-3. That's what he wants to do next season. Last, like Fair enough, sometimes there's been times this season where he's had to use what's available due to injuries. But last night, there was no reason he couldn't have played a 4-3-3. It might have meant he had to make a difficult decision and leave one of the more attacking players out, like either McGeady or Jones or Gooch. But look at how poor Jones was last night. Gooch was just wasted in the role he was playing. Would we not have been better sacrificing one of them to put Ledbitter or even Carl Winchester into that midfield to make us look a bit more cohesive? get those wingers wide and actually give some service to Charlie White. And I'm I'm not making excuses for White. He wasn't brilliant last night either, but give the lad a chance, put some crosses into him. That's his strength. Like he just seems to overcomplicate all the time. The manager doesn't he? And when he's doing something, when he's doing stuff like that and he's doing it so regularly in such a big game, you can't defend it at all. Can you? Like, it's just, it, it, it makes an, We'll get under his comments as well, but when you couple them two things together, what is it to get behind there at the minute with with Lee Johnson? Because you know these crunch games, you need to see something, don't you? Well, I'll, I'll one thing. I don't think it would have been a difficult decision to leave Jordan Jones out. He's played well for about a month in his time at the club. And that's probably and been kind. Actually, I think I so. I, I thought he was absolutely gutless last night. I would yeah. probably say, in some ways. He was the worst player on the pitch. I know he had that left-footed shot, but he hasn't seemed interested at all in playing for this football club. And he, we got warned about this. Um, somebody is a Kilmarnock fan mentioned it. I'm sorry, I can't remember his Twitter handle, but he did mention that once he basically signed this deal for Rangers, he didn't care about playing for Kilmarnock and he was just kind of pandering to the Rangers fans. And what I've, on Twitter, he's, he's doing that with Rangers again because he knows he's yeah, going yeah, back yeah. there. And it's like, can you not just focus on playing for Sunderland, please? Like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And, <laughs> like, he, he shouldn't have played. Lyndon Gooch should have been on the right. And like you say, probably led better in the midfield would have given you. If he wants to play 4-3-3, I think in the past we've made excuses and said, look, you know, he's having to play all nine centre-back and then that's meaning Powers having to go right back. And, you know, we've got sympathy. Okay, well, last night you've got an opportunity two central midfielders on the bench and that's what you've come up with. So what's the excuse this time, Lee? You've got a striker who's thrived on crosses, especially from Aidan McGeady. So you make Aidan McGeady play really narrow again. And even some sympathy, if you want to give some sympathy to Jordan Jones, you could say the bloke's a winger who likes to go outside his man. Yeah. What you're what you making him play narrow for? How's that benefiting anyone? It's just a complete mess. He got a lovely bottle of champagne, though, didn't he, from Rangers? So that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he dr- drank that before he came on. Yeah, well, I was going to say it. It's probably a dark thing to say. It? No, but it's true. The way he's played, he might uh, as well have. Right, I, I don't think he's very good, really. Um, like, he's had a few good games. Right, well, he's had a few flashes in games yeah. recently, and he's had a few when he uh, two or three games where he looked good, I guess. 
which it was then decided that we should spend loads of money on him, um, <laughs> which I just don't think we should do at all. Because, yeah. like, I, I, don't, I don't know, people like Celtic or Rangers and that, but I think, like, pandering to them on Twitter at the minute while you're playing for another club, it's just, frankly, it's pathetic. Like, do it after the season. Do it I after don't the care season. that you've got a bottle of champagne like for winning the league. You didn't play. Like yeah. you might as well just. The send manager the hated you. You, yeah, might as well just send video. Fu- you might as well just send the fans bottles of champagne. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's it's embarrassing, and I don't want him. I just like f- f- fuck him off. Don't even bother playing him in the second leg for me. No, he's sick of him because he doesn't want to. He doesn't care. Compare him, be. by the way, to. To Sanderson and his kind of yeah. demeanor, and mm-hmm. I just feel like Sanderson has come across as a much more maybe maybe it's just because Sanderson's also played really really well for Sunderland and Jordan Jones has played well a couple of times, but I just feel Sanderson's carried himself in a way that is more endearing and like he would actually like you know he's, he's, yeah well yeah it has been yeah no, it so has. um. um yeah, <laughs> Sanderson is Sanderson. Like, I mean, a, a lot of it's probably come through him being injured. Really, like the, the collapse that we've had. It has. Um, it has. But like that still doesn't. But he, but he he only played by mistake. <laughs> it took him ages to get like, him oh, exactly, and then he was at oh, right back. And... <laughs> I'm just putting putting him at right here. Like, I mean, fuck me. But. <laughs> to stick with this sort of like argument of well not argument but discussion over like players or manager to blame Lincoln weren't very good last night and obviously oh, that that, that means they were, they were there to be exploited weren't they but Bailey Wright just before they score puts a header off the oh. bar Ian McGeady had chances mm-hmm. last night where he couldn't even well one actually he put on target but couple way blazed over or, or put wide rather where he, he should be at least putting them on target and he overcomplicated the chances maybe there were opportunities there and that's I think that's worth highlighting in terms of the sort of players letting things down as well and then when you add to that the defensive calamities for both goals as well like no matter how you set your team up that's still inexcusable the the second goal you know, that's basic, isn't it? Like, it's a terrible back pass from Flanagan, but that doesn't excuse what Burge does for me. And I've seen a lot of debate over who's at fault. I think you can acknowledge that neither covered themselves in glory for it. Is is that fair for the second goal? Or do we it's think... It's a mess. Like, it's a terrible back pass. But, like, Burge could just put it out of play. Yeah. Like, put it out for a throw-in, if you're not mm-hmm. sure. Just, just, you don't have to, like... Fucking leather it either. You could just literally pass it out of play. Yeah, like fucking launching it like like a child. You just get. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm, re- I wasn't even annoyed before this. I was just laughing at them. I'm absolutely fuming now. Like just, just bringing it all back up, isn't it? Morons that are playing for us at the minute. Like, <laughs> well, let's keep that fume going because the first goal was, oh, I think, actually, well, it was argu- arguably worse because you can because. Ex- you know, mad things like that second goal just happen now and again, don't well, they? We got like, one players... in the playoff final, didn't we? Like, yeah, exactly. A, a more ridiculous one, <laughs> arguably. And you know, players at all that happens with teams at all levels will make daft mistakes like that. But for the first goal, we were just desperate to let them score. Like, fair play to Burge actually made a. You know, I, I don't know how much he knew about it, but he made a save, didn't he? Mm. And then we had about eighty attempts to get rid of the ball <laughs> and just let them put in a. I don't know if it was a cross or a scuffed shot, but regardless, it got through to the back post and the Lincoln player was there to tap it in. If he missed it, there was someone else waiting behind him as well. <laughs> I think they were both on... Well, obviously, the lad who put it in was onside, but I think the other player was as I well. It's just he might like, have been just offside. Back well, that doesn't fit with me narrative, Matthew, so stop, please. Right. <laughs> um, but, like, how many chances do you want to give them to score? And over this terrible run of form we've had, we've just been gifting team's goals haven't we and if you were thinking that we were going to push the reset button that first goal probably said nah that's not happening is it lads you, I mean that goal like we said to you at the time like and I think you said Rory like you got away with that mm-hmm. when Verge made the save and they've still scored <laughs> like, I think the header from power 
wasn't good, but there wasn't really a lot he could have done with it to no. clear it. But like Gooch on the edge of the box is just pathetic. Yeah, like he, he just was. gets knocked out of the way. And then just Flanagan and right, the centre half, honest my God, that goal. They're just nowhere. Neither. Just, and then he's just of walked in at the back post and just put it in. Like, I come, but when you conceding goals, I honestly see you don't deserve to get fucking promoted. We deserve everything we get, giving goals away like that. It's pathetic. They're fucking absolutely risable, all of them. I'm just you thinking know? about it there, right? And you mentioned Gooch, and I'm just thinking about his position again, right? And it, it makes, and you mentioned Carl Winchester. And I'm thinking, right, we've signed Winchester based on data, apparently. I think the data was obviously faxed in by Gary Johnson, Lee's dad. But anyway, (laughs) like we've signed him to sit him on the bench. You know, the one player we'd signed in January who started a game was Jones and he was awful. And you think you've got Winchester and Ledbitter on the bench and you're playing Gooch in midfield. What on earth is that about? So then... You've got Gooch in that kind of position having to deal with that. And he shouldn't, it should have been one of the midfielders you've got on the bench. It's just, I can't understand what his thinking is behind. I think it's called blue sky thinking, Greg. Oh, well, you know. (laughs) We wouldn't understand. (laughs) I just, no, it's too blue sky for me, you know. Well, you know what I hate about Lee Johnson? He uses words (laughs) wrong. All the time he uses. Can we compile a list of things we heard about our football club manager? Oh, the list would be very long. We might we might be here all night. But that, <laughs> well, I, think you use... <laughs> I want to write a book on Lee Johnson's misused words, like when he described the velocity of the club. He doesn't yeah. know what the word velocity means, does he? But it's no, got like a couple of syllables. About... <laughs> no, his dad wouldn't say that. <laughs> dad would probably Fuck call the me. club fucking massive, which would be better, and it would resonate <laughs> it with supporters better. Yeah, it was. Well, so basically, what we're saying is, sack him. Carry in. Well, his dad probably wouldn't say that the second leg's potentially going to be one of the biggest days oh. in the club's history. And I'll just play devil's advocate a little bit with that and say, you know, is his point? Is the point he's badly trying to make? We need to get out of this division, and we've been and Sunderland's been here for too long. So it's it's a big. Does he mean it's a big moment in in the club's history? Which there's kind of a point there, a bit of context. But even so, if that's the point he's trying to make, badly, he's got to realise how that's going to sound, doesn't he? Like it's Sunderland in League One playing a second leg in the playoffs against Lincoln, already two 0 down, like. It should. This second leg should be a formality for us, Lee. It should. We should all. We should be the ones two and ill up, just thinking. Ah, we're going to breeze through this as well. Get whoever in the final. It doesn't matter. We'll just breeze past them as well. Or actually, we should have gone up automatically. Like it shouldn't even be in this yeah. situation. So, is he? Is anyone else a bit worried? Now I've mentioned this on the pod before, and I think um, I can't remember who. I think someone disagreed with us that on this, but. Does he understand the magnitude of the job or, and the size of the club? And there's maybe an element of sympathy there because he's not managed with fans in, he's not had a chance to meet fans, but he still should be doing his homework. He's worked in football. He should be aware of how he's managed against Sunderland, for example, when he's um, been at Bristol City. So he should have that base level awareness. But when you say things like that, even if it's not what he's meant, you just think back to like when we had people like, Roy Keane manager or so, or even like, you know, someone like Sam Allardyce, the likes of Gus Poyer, Dick Advocat, they wouldn't come out with that kind of thing. It's a, it's a little bit, actually comes across a bit talking down to you in a way. Pat and it, Eisen, Pat yeah, Eisen. It, rem, it reminds us of a less dour version of, of Moyes when he said mm-hmm. that, when Mo- Moyes said we're in a relegation battle and just giving us, giving that feel of like, you're kind of lucky to have me here and this is where you belong. Do you know what I mean? And like, again, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but... No, I think you're right. You've got to look at the optics of of how saying things like this sound and when there'll be fans potentially on your back from, from kickoff, especially if Lincoln get an early goal, and then you're saying stuff like that. It's hard to reverse that, isn't it? And I think he's got to wise up to this kind of thing and, you know, off-the-pitch comments and... Results on the pitch will, will do that more than anything. But is anyone else worried that he's just not, and I, to use a bit of a cliched phrase, that he's just not getting us well, at the moment? I just like back to something you asked earlier sort of like any sympathy you might have with him, and like in terms of not being able to play, 
like with injuries or whatever, or the players not turning up. It just goes out the window when he just says things like that. He just comes out in interviews after week. And I did say a few uh, a couple of months ago or a few weeks ago on a podcast that when we lose, I find him like absolutely like intolerable, like <laughs> because he just says things that like he's read in a, in like books about business, and they, they don't <laughs> even apply to. Like, and even when we win, like you're talking about sharks and stuff, going to school, just, just stop it. Just don't. You don't need to do this. Like people don't want to hear this, really. If I'm being honest, and you can get it. People will find it funny if we're winning, and like when the players O'Brien did the shark celebration stuff, quite probably was taking a piss out of him. And like, <laughs> I just anything goes out the window when he. How does he think a comment like that sounds after we just lost two nil to Lincoln? We've been in this division for three seasons now. Like we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear you coming out and saying shit like this. Like it's it's just it's not helping. It's wrong. Like we're not going to overturn it anyway because you're going to pick some stupid team on Saturday. <laughs> like, I'm just sick of him. I'm honestly, and I don't. I'm sick of like I'm sick of talking about him. I've had enough. Well, Bobby, <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> is that enough? The end of the pod, <laughs> Bobby, when when you said about understanding the size of the club I think I might have agreed with you I can't remember but I would also say and I don't know if I said this publicly or just you know when we've been chatting in the group and that but he strikes me as the kind of manager who won't um, kind of fit in that well I think there's a profile of manager that sort of appeals to Sunderland fans and this is just you know rightly or wrongly it just feels like the case to me so it goes back in our lifetimes to Peter Reid He's got that, that he's, you know, he's a scouser and he's like, you know, he had his team that was very aggressive and very attacking. And you think about some of the other managers who've actually done very bad jobs like Paolo Di Canio, <laughs> but he speaks the fans language in some respects because he's feisty type of guy. Johnson's like a wet paper towel. Well, I was going to mention things like even Stevens, yeah. even yeah. Stevens, yeah. you're not teaching a kindergarten class, pal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> Well, I was going to mention like Chris Coleman, a manager who yeah. underperformed and was in charge when we got relegated from the championship. And, you know, we've heard all the stuff like now, like behind the scenes that apparently he wasn't putting into practice the type of stuff he was saying. Mm-hmm. But most fans, and we got relegated from the championship with Coleman, despite us actually, especially when you look back on it now, we were quite, well, obviously we were terrible, but there wasn't even like there was any sort of green shoot. And obviously, obviously there was like off the pitch stuff and that, but because of what he said and Similar to what you said about Peter Reid, actually, Craig, like he's from South Wales, socioeconomically very similar to the North East. So he, he, he got the sort of vibe of the region as well. And he spoke, spoke the fans' language to use the way you put it. But most people are like, Coleman's the man for League One because mm-hmm. of what he said. And yes, on the pitch results are, are more important, but it'll buy you a lot of time. Does And I, I think you're right, Craig and, and, and Matt, like, does he fit? And when, if we're going to crash out of the playoffs after the bad run of form, I said this a couple of weeks ago on the pod, it'll mean next season he's got to get off to a flyer because there's all this stuff now. There's the bad results. There's the talking shite. Like, it won't wash. <laughs> it, it won't wash though, will it? Like It won't. It do, it's not that. I think that's why somebody like Paul Cook would have been a good fit here. The yeah. way I've heard him talk about Sunderland on TV, when he's out of work, is music to me. Is it's someone who gets the football club and he's got nothing to do with the football club. What you're saying, Rory, is absolutely spot on. He sounds like a man who has been. He's, you know, he's a bit like an MP who's been dropped into a local yeah, area because it's a yeah. sort a safe seat, and mm. and he he doesn't really understand the vibe of the area for me. Yeah, um, so far, I think the only way he could have, you know. In some ways, I think the football club and the fan base could do well to get away from, you know, just sort of aligning with a specific profile of character. But then again, to an extent, Gus Poyet, the style of football wasn't Sunderland in inverted commas, but I think he did tap into something that the fans got on board with up until a point when he lost Lost his mind. (laughs) Where Johnson, he really, it had to be results because of the division we're in and the type of character he is. We had to basically do what he stated his aim was, and that was to win the league. And I think fans would have been really, really on board with it. And he could have become quite endearing despite all of this stuff because he could have been 
you know, he worked his way into the sort of fans' hearts. Yeah, yeah. The way things have gone, this is the worst run, arguably, in the club's history. When you look at where we are in the, in the pyramid, that run of results to finish the season was... The, the teams you're playing against, though? Like, yeah. The, like, I mean, I know they finished fifth, but it's Lincoln. Like, we, 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 we're going into a second leg of a playoff hoping to take Lincoln City to penalties and it's just an absolute <laughs> have to get in 45 minutes before as well like you've got to get in early you can't even have ah. a pint while you're in the ground early just to try and overturn I wonder how many people deficit. haven't seen them rules yeah. oh I didn't notice no oh. <laughs> oh. oh, what a shit oh, oh I, I thought, thought it was seven. even I thought 60 yeah oh. Uh, I thought the kickoff was six PM. Shit, yeah. I've missed it. What? Are oh, we lost three nil. Oh no, <laughs> oh, three nil. What a surprise! Sacked. Oh right, wow. <laughs> no, well, that's something. <laughs> the Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terraces. For a ten percent discount on all products, enter the discount code WMS10 at the checkout stage. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast presented by Matt Keeling and Rory Fallow. Available from your usual podcast platform. For more information, just search for From the Terraces. I think um, we obviously have gone in quite hard on the manager and look, we're not out of it, despite all the joking. I just, I'm not positive at all that we're going to get a result on Saturday. But there was a stat that threw up on Sky uh, and it was that we'd scored in the first, with one of the top scorers in the first 15 minutes. I think we got eight yeah, goals. Yeah. I don't think we've done it a lot recently, but if we suddenly do do that, it's game on because that crowd will be right behind that team. We do it against Accrington, maybe. We scored yes. two fairly early goals there. We did, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. And then obviously, look how that went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we scored three that day, though. So, you know, <laughs> ignore the amount of concerns. Just for argument's sake, say we do make get our 19th goal in the first 15 minutes of games. With the fans in the, crown, in the ground, suddenly things do potentially take on a different feel. I, I don't think we've got it in us because I think Stephen in a group chat mentioned last night and I thought it was scarily accurate. They look like a division above us. And oh, yeah. I just don't know how you turn that around in three days when he had a week and a half to prepare for the first leg and we were that bad. And yeah. what you said was true, true Rory, about chances, but how many of them were from open play and were chances in the box? There were speculative long-range efforts and a header from a corner. I don't think we created anything for Charlie White. And the one chance he did have, he was flagged offside, mm-hmm. but his shot was pathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was terrible. But we created nothing in the box for him. Nothing. I think the three-day thing, though, could, you know, we're going on about Johnson overthinking things. Mm. Might be a positive in that he doesn't have time to do that. He just has <laughs> to, honestly, I know it sounds flippant, but like he just has to pick a team that he thinks can tear them apart. And my worry is to, to move this on to, to looking at the, at the second leg now, my worry is Lincoln are quite professional, look quite professional. And you look at the way Liam Bridcott of all people, like getting man of the match, really funny. Um, how solid, <laughs> how solid th- that they'll, they'll probably be for this second leg. Yes, they weren't in the first leg, but will there be that sloppy again? Probably not, but it is stupid because. Like on Saturday morning, and especially, you know, when you know when you get your two-pint optimism, uh, as I always like to call it, like that second <laughs> pint where you start thinking, ah, oh, well, like if, if we get that early goal and there'll be fans in and Lincoln psychologically will play that 10 yards like deeper and with the options off the bench, like you, you do never know. So it is probably done and dusted, but I don't think it's, it's completely wrapped up because like you said, Craig, if we get a goal in that first 20 minutes, it changes the complexion completely um let's think of let's talk about team selection for that second leg what changes would we make because it's obvious that we need to make some and the elephant in the room with that one I feel I've said elephant in the room a lot uh, in this pod actually I need to freshen that up a bit but the elephant in the room is Chris Maguire didn't we've Matt you mentioned is Johnson's weird vendetta against Mm. Chris Maguire (laughs) would anyone obviously I think he should be involved more but would anyone chuck him into the start in 11 for this game well, I'd rather see him in the team than Jordan's, to be honest. Um, I just think you've got. To, I just think if you want, if you want to have any chance of overturning this, if you want it sparking, there's no point keeping him on the bench because we need to start quickly. It's almost like bringing him on at half time. Now, I guess, like mm. you're two 0 yeah. down at half time, 
to use like a cliche. Um, I think he would do that if it was still two 0 at half time. I think, but uh, but but like uh, we need to start that we need to start like we need to start quickly. And I think yeah. you you start him from for us. I would play him. I don't know where. I don't know who comes out. I don't know, but I would have him in the team. Um, I just think he's if you've got any chance, you need players like who you need players like him in the team. For all you know, he's flatters to deceive and cut, doesn't play very well half the time he knows what it takes and he is one that does get the club and yeah. does get how big it is and like what like what type of club it is and I, like you gotta use him and but I don't think he will because I'll I think he'll I think he'll just go back to his well he doesn't like him does he no. um and I just think it's weird and also like but not not to the element, not to the extent that it was with McGeady, but it's to the detriment of the team, and it's just fucking stupid, to be honest. Can we just say as well, mentioning McGeady, it's kind of hilarious that you know he was lauded for bringing McGeady back, and obviously it was the right decision because he's contributed a lot. But we've also actually <laughs> he hasn't yeah. actually done any better no. with him in Fair the enough. team than Parkinson was doing with him out of the team. So you know what does that say? Yes, it isn't his squad, but he brought back our best player and we're still a load of shit. Also, it, it, I think what will happen is he'll probably go 4-4-2. I think he'll put Stewart on from the start. I think because we played a lot of long balls anyway and we're going to have to get at them and get at them early. And I, I don't see that we've got... If he isn't going to play 4-3-3 in the first leg where you would have taken a 0-0 draw or a 1-1 draw, he's not going to do it in a game where you're chasing and you're 2-0 behind. I think I know what you mean, Craig. Light. I know what you mean, Craig, but I think we're better attacking-wise, 4-3-3, even though on paper that might look a bit defensively. But I think we're more cohesive and we move... Do we not move forward a bit quicker? Does it not allow your full-backs to overlap a little bit more? Obviously, Denver Hume's probably going to miss out, but with Luke or 9 at right-back, McFadden scored against Lincoln at home, to be fair, by pushing <laughs> forward. <laughs> Let's not forget that. So is it not more cohesive to go 4-3-3 for that reason, though? Yes, that you make a very good, rational, logical point. Um, unfortunately, I don't think Lee Johnson will be doing that because <laughs> of everything he's done for the past two months. To me, it strikes me as he's going to just go along and get the the one thing that I will say for the, if he does do it he'll have the wingers playing wide which is a good thing yeah um and at least white won't be as isolated yeah that's um, the only instance where Stuart and white up front together works if you play with a lot of width and bang a lot of balls in then it makes sense um if he was going two up front I don't know if he's injured but I'd be putting O'Brien in before before Stewart. Um, Likewise. O'Brien wasn't even on the bench last no. night, was he? And I've not seen anything mentioned. So I don't know if he was one of the players that Johnson mentioned as being potentially injured. But to, to just to just go back to Maguire, I think, you know, he's, he is the man for the big occasion, isn't he? Did anyone see the clip on social media where the club were filming the players come out of the warm-up and obviously the Lincoln fans were yeah. booing when our players came out and Chris Maguire like, looked down the camera was, and said something like, it's been a while, I've missed hearing that or something yeah, like that. Like he, he loves it. And to not utilise that sort of play, like it's it's just, it like is mind-numbingly stupid, to be honest. Like it's infuriating. And like, I, I agree with what you said, Matt. I, I'd like to start him. I don't necessarily know who for because... Mm. I'd rather have him in ahead of Jones, but four two three one with Maguire, Gooch, and McGeady, I don't think works particularly. I think it would be harsh to drop Gooch because, yes, he, he wasn't great in the first leg, but overall, recently, he's one of our, he has been one of the few players to in good form. When he went wide, I thought he was our best player. He was really getting exactly. at that fullback. Yeah. So you have to start him on the right, in my opinion. If so you play McGeady, Maguire, maybe? Do you, do you rotate? I don't think he will, but that would, gonna... that, that would probably have to be the one. And mm. in that instance, you could see why Maguire wouldn't start. But then at least give him half an hour. Like if Gooch tires and you want something a bit different, or if you need you know, another attack and option, then you take a midfielder off or whatever and, and bring Maguire on. Like, it's just how he's not being used. Like, he has to get at least... It's stupid. If we're chasing it, at least half an hour, 20 minutes in this game, doesn't he? At least. 
We had yeah. five, give him five, ten minutes last night. Get your one goal and your right back in that tie. He can score from 30 yards out of nothing. Yeah. That's all we were resorting to anyway. Yeah. Long range shots. Why not bring mm-hmm. the player on who can strike a ball from distance? Isn't it like for such a supposedly like thoughtful <clears throat> manager who thinks and strategizes, that's like football basics. It's literally you're running out of time in the first half of the two legs. He's your trump card. Yeah. You don't throw Jack Diamond on. What's the point in that? Ridiculous. Um, what about Grant Ledbetter? Do we chuck it? He has to go into the midfield for me as well. A bit of co- We saw what Bridcus did for Lincoln last night. I know it's different because we're chasing the game, but we're still going to need some leadership because there was none of that on in the first leg. And a bit of composure and just, you know, he's, he's one of our better players. He can, he can, ping a ball like to, to create a chance out of nothing can't he can he's got a long range shot on him as well to go back to what you just mentioned Craig and I think power looks a bit better when Ledbetter's alongside him as well so I wouldn't be against a three-man midfield of Ledbetter power scoring or, or even Winchester chucked into that to be honest because he he wouldn't make things worse would he no I think I think he's done all right like in the games he's played Winchester I think we're not lucky to have him anymore, though, ball of that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's how bad it is. God, this but, is um, I'm just wrestling with a dog as I try and make this point. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I would definitely let better comes in um, just to try and get a grip on the game, which we never had, um, which was obvious where it was coming from. Um, and just to, like, for me, nullify Liam Bridcut. Like, <laughs> But just like uh, to match them, just to match him, like just, yeah, yeah. and then I don't know, like Scowen. It's kind of either or, really, isn't it? In the middle, like yeah, he'll, 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 he'll pick so, Scowen, morning. He, um, he loves him. And I think you know he was he, he wasn't by no means the worst player last night. So he, he will start on Saturday, um, but I, I just don't. I'm not really asked because. We're not going to win, so and, well, and, 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 and it's it hard really to care hard. when you know the team selection is probably going to be weird again, isn't like, it? Like, yeah, for all exactly. we're talking about this year, it's still going to be well, something bizarre. Isn't well, it? Like Jack Diamond will probably play, yeah, like left <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no, <laughs> well, I'm that, 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 I was going to say that wouldn't actually be, be too terrible. Given oh, I forgot play. about him having to play. Yeah, we we'll finally get to see him in the flesh. Point, That's moment, nice. oh, moment in the first half last night when he just like. Did some of the worst defending I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, uh, the ball bounced. And yes. like, he kind of looked like he was going to go and attack it, then didn't, but kind of stood yep. too far to be able to intercept it. Yeah. Not close enough to and enough, but not far away to like be able to get back <laughs> and sort of cover. And he just he was this man is just a man for Lincoln. Just walked past him with the ball. And it was just embarrassing. Honestly, watching him, and there was a really funny shot of you know, when cameras zooming in on some, I think we were zooming in on the crowd, but like sometimes the players will walk past and like yeah. they're really close up. Well, they were zooming in on something and the, he ran past, and he just like was tracking someone back and the panic on his face. He's like, ah, oh, I'm going to get back and track. And he's just like zoomed in on this idiot that we've got playing for us. Oh, unbelievable. We can look forward to a bit of that on can Saturday. We should we should also mention the fact that for much our much vaunted away record. So you know, going away from home, we've got this great away record. Guess who's got the best away record? Uh, in that uh, one? I mean, was it, is it Rochdale? <laughs> well, is it AFC it Wimbledon? Both of them are actually no. It's neither of them. It's <laughs> oh, uh, it's, it, not. it's it's not no. That it's it, yes, it's Lincoln City is who it? have oh. lost. Lost only four times away from home this season oh, in the league. Um, Just as well, we're not playing them then. <laughs> we had we had only lost three times away from home this season and lost our fourth away game last night. So it's possible. Uh, but Lincoln had a really, really shit home record. I think they were down in about 15th, 16th mm. best at home. So, Luckily, you know, we have a really good home record. Sure. Well, thankfully, ours is um, the twelfth best. Oh, well, oh, lovely. So, well, banging mid-table there. Excellent. So. That's, that'll do. But Lee Johnson, of course, has called on the fans, you know, to get back. This, going back to that greatest thing ever, whatever it was that he said, right? And it's like, actually, Lee, 
It's, it would only be so impressive because you've put us in a situation where we have to overcome a 2 0 deficit. If we'd just done our job, it would have been a normal game where we just nice had to win 1 0. A nice time. Yeah, a very exactly. Nice time. exactly. No, now like we're, now we're like, climbing like Kilimanjaro just... to get past Lincoln City of all teams. To lose, to play for the right to lose to Blackpool in the final. Who, by the way, they look the the two of their better players. I think weren't playing, and they just look light years ahead of us. Compared, I know they were playing Oxford, who aren't particularly great, but they just looked slick and professional. But they still were given like Oxford chances throughout that game true. as well. Like they're, they're a team with weaknesses that we w- oh, wouldn't yeah, check. Yeah. Well, yeah, we exploiters. <laughs> like really, yeah, that will just. You know, they, now the keeper will make some like ridiculous saves like he did the other week because he's actually quite good as yeah, well. Is, what was it? your what yeah. was your favourite part of the game last night? The um, end. Yeah, the end of it was quite good. Or maybe like when Hume got injured, and I was just like, <laughs> oh well, well we know what 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 type of evening we're in. Mine, for here. mine was um, when the commentator said that Charlie White had scored thirty goals already. 46 oh, yeah, we, yeah, we had a good laugh at yeah. that, didn't we? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, let's stick right. on the well, commentator that, for a bit. Season's because, actually finished. Didn't he <laughs> also say about Denver Hume that Denver Hume was yes. Lee Johnson's first signing from Wigan or something yeah. bizarre <laughs> like that? Like, who could he even be getting them mixed up with here? Jordan Jones, oh, yeah. uh, USA International. Yes, yes. that was another yes. one. Yeah, he was and, pissed at that Keith Andrews was... Like absolutely loving it whenever Lincoln did anything good. Oh, like, I hate him. It, it, like a complete knob. Wouldn't mind him in the midfield at the minute though. No, <laughs> he'd walk into it. <laughs> yeah, he would. And what he would then he would just walk as well, probably because he's no, thousands. That's true. <laughs> he's thousands. He was always oh, big what? thousands though. Like black. black yeah, very old when he was face. Like Thirty-one. Yeah. Like yeah. permanently thirty-one. <laughs> I remember Keith watching Andrews. him at Milton Keynes like. We need um, to mention the uh, we haven't mentioned it, have we? The siren from the corners. Oh yeah, that oh, was yeah. that was another entertaining thing. There were quite a lot of entertaining things when you yeah. take out like Sunderland being shit. And actually that was quite entertaining in an odd way, because you're, you're used to it, aren't you? Um a lot of weird things going on in that match. A commentator just saying wrong things, as an air raid siren, Callum, <laughs> Mc, Callum McFadden like managing to be there as well. Um, but enough about the, the first leg. What about the second leg, lads? Are we gonna see a miracle? Are we gonna overturn this? Are we gonna get that early goal and get our optimism? Them up. Uh, Craig, I'll come to you first. How do you see the game going? 3 0 win for me to Lincoln. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know. Honestly, it's in some ways there is this bizarre after all of this angst and hatred for them and sick of them. You know, we were talking about not long ago who we would keep if we went into the championship, <laughs> and now it's like I wouldn't, keep, uh, well, no. I wouldn't keep any of them for League One exactly. Exactly. So with that, we're at the lowest ebb to the point of, you know, we we were at a point where we had really none of us were optimistic going into that game. And we've still managed to be disappointed by the way that they, they fucked it up. Maybe there is something left in the tank. I reckon, right, we're going to win a 2 0 and uh, we're going to get knocked out on penalties. Oh, well, there you I, go. I, I, That's I, it. Oddly, well, that would be. Oddly better. At least there'd be some fight there. At least we'd go down. There swinging. you go. Um, Matt, what about you? I sense you're not going to be as optimistic as Craig and we're not even going to get up to a penalty shootout. Uh, no, um, absolutely <laughs> not. We, I just can't see how... Well, we need to win by two goals and we're not going to do that. So we will end our season and Lee Johnson's tenure with <laughs> a 1-1... Draw. Yeah, well, that would be very, very Chris Maguire scoring very for us with five minutes to go. Uh, I think see. Chris Maguire should do the halftime challenge because he's not going <laughs> to get the halftime draw. Might as well. Yeah, yeah. getting the um, the Ron Guthrie slot. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I agree, Matthew. I think one-one, but I think there'll be that one last time this season where the hook you're in with a bit of hope mm. will score after like 10 minutes and you mm. think right here we go the crowd will get up for it and then Lincoln will score in the set not like you know break our hearts like later on not one of those ones where they like catch us on the break in the 89th minute they'll equalize in about the 51st minute <laughs> yeah, you know what just I mean just oh, after half time and then we don't really force anything after that um, but he half-time, just throws strikers on 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't just see through. Th- yeah. Well, oh, well. he'll do his oh. thing where he moves people around. So at the end, we'll end the game with like 09 and he's fifth position. He's up front at this point with Bailey Wright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It'll just be one of those weird things he does. Remy he Matthews does. be sweating on this new deal. Like, <laughs> 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 Let's go on. At least it'll save us a few quid on Will Grigg as well because uh, we won't have to pay more money for him, will we? No, yeah, fucking Nagger will still be here next season as well. <laughs> um, well, speaking of knackers, he'll still be here this season. Uh, me and Matthew probably still will be doing the preview pod, but this is more than likely the last one. Well, depends if we're getting a new contract, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, oh, yeah. True. Like, like we weren't talking about keeping us for the championship, but obviously. <laughs> we, we had an automatic extension if we went up. But no, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, this is probably the last preview pod, barring a mirror. You never know, Rory. You, you never, never know. know. You never know. Um, but, you know, just in oh, case. I want no um, part of it if we have to do one for Wembley. Oh, no, you'll be all excited by then. Don't be daft. Don't be daft. Um, but we will be doing a reaction pod after the game against Lincoln on, uh, we'll be recording that together in a pub. It'll be like old reaction pods. Oh, I know. Exciting. And then you'll have uh, Gareth and Stephen back on Monday for the usual Monday pod. And then, uh, who knows, maybe there'll be a couple more after that. But if we're being honest with ourselves, probably not. Um, so thank you for enjoying or hate listening to the preview pod all season. We'll be back either next week or next season. If you go into the game on Saturday, try and enjoy it. It's going to be nicely back in the stadium. Um, if worst comes to worst, we can just boo them off like oh, we did last time we were in the stadium back. when we drew 2-2 against Gillingham. <laughs> what a fitting way to return to the Stadium of Light. I'm sure you will all agree. But as always, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Oh!